This is Max Castellanos El Chingón de Texas. This is the fire starter, Jake Chris. This is ECW original, the enforcer, C.W. Anderson. And this is Gringo Loco. This is former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Tim Storm. And you're listening to the WrestleVille Podcast. I'm Vinny Berry, and for more than 20 years, I've covered news and sports, specializing in pro boxing, MMA, and wrestling. This is Keith Elliott Greenberg. This is Miss Reality, Maddie Winkowski. Listen to stories from pro wrestling on the WrestleVille Podcast. This is the Golden Boy, Greg Anthony. To listen, go to WrestleVille.com or on Spotify. Russellville, it's where wrestling lives. The Russellville podcast. Now that, my friend, is just incredible. What's up, everybody? This is AEW Superstar Khan, and you're listening to Russellville. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest today is Khan, professional wrestler of five and a half years. How you doing, sir? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing really good. Really good. It's good to have you. Appreciate it. How's everything going? Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself, tell the fans a little bit about your career, kind of give us a, a brief rundown of it. As y'all know, I'm Khan, former Ring of Honor World Six-Man Champion, uh, definitely a record holder because we've held that title the longest. Currently now signed to AEW. Uh, like you said, been wrestling for about five and a half, six years, originally from Maryland Championship Wrestling. And now I'm conquering the Texas Indies. So I've been busy. You said you started in Maryland Championship Wrestling. I've heard a lot about that. Don't know much about it, but go ahead and kind of just give us a rundown on, on that. Yeah, signed up 2017. That place has produced stars. Leo Rush, Velveteen Dream was there, Lita, Mickey James, a couple of referees, Jessica, Jessica Carr has come through there. And like, that's the place that you want to be if you're from the Baltimore, D.C. area. Honestly, to me, one of the best schools in the country. I've trained at other schools here in Texas and it's nothing compares and has created stars. Also like myself, like MCW, they also have their own, the school, the promotion, they do birthday parties to help the People, the trainees that are wanting to do shows, do birthday parties on the weekend for kids and hone your craft and become great. So honestly, one of the best schools. And I, I hope one day to go back and like buy them a ring and help elevate that place because that place has taught me and created who you see today. Over the years, I've seen a lot of names come through there, you know, and they get good names on their shows, too. Oh, definitely. And then now they're doing pay-per-views. They renovated the building back in Joppa. Um, I know during the pandemic, they kind of... they thought about leaving the place i think the owner was selling the building but they've been able to come back renovated the place they renamed it the rj meyer arena because recipes rj meyer he's my first coach him and dean gutridge um that place is going to do some huge things uh, hopefully it's going to be on the level of like gcw defy it's just only a matter of time that would be neat to see where they go and and you bring up gcw what an interesting story that organization has right Oh, definitely. I've, I've caught a couple of their shows. I've been to one of their shows live, hung out backstage and just, yeah, madness. That thing's starting to get like a, a cult following, you know, what, what do you think it is about what they're doing there? What Brett Lauderdale's doing? What do you think is going on? Oh man. Kind of like the no holds bars approach. Like they're producing all, all types of quality of matches. You see people leaving or who have left the, like the major promotions wanting to perform for GCW 
It kind of reminds me of ECW that has that kind of like rabid fan base. It's people sell at these shows and going crazy. And then the matches they're having, they're producing, they're, they're trending online and they're just doing stuff that people aren't doing anymore. Yeah. It's interesting that you kind of care, compare them to ECW because they, they do kind of have that feel, right? Yeah. ECW, they had that, that hard style, but it also attracted people with technical styles too, you know? So, you know, you don't have that, that one cookie cutter mm-hmm. style, right? It's exactly. you got a little bit of everything in there. Yeah, true. And like, I didn't grow up off of ECW. I just remember seeing like kind of the highlights and documentaries that I've watched about the company, learning about Paul Heyman. Um, like you said, like Chris Jericho was there and he was not doing the blood and gore stuff. He was having the technical matches Eddie Guerrero was going through there, super crazy, the whole luchador styles. Like, they had a diverse roster back then. Right, absolutely. And and I think that that's important for a successful, you know, that those are the ingredients, right, for a successful promotion. Well, yeah, like, I know people compare it to, like, a circus. Like, you have your different circus acts to attract different audiences. And if you can have all that in one show, you're going to bring in so many different kinds of people because they're going to have the little subsets of things that they like and – that's what matters. Are you from that part of the United States? Are you the East uh, Coast? Where are you from? I'm originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so you went you went there, I guess, for, for wrestling school? Kind of. Like, by happenstance, the woman that I was dating at the time, she got a job out there. Because um, I was originally looking at a school in Minneapolis. I believe, like, Eddie Sharkey, he used to be a WWF ref. He was running a school in Minneapolis, um, but by happenstance, six months later, I ended up moving to Baltimore, and it just kind of, like, worked out. I found that school. I remember I went two days to just go watch their training and their practices and just see if things was about, and I remember when I got there, I'm like, yep, this is where I'm signing up. Once I save up enough money, I think it was, like, January 5th, 2017, signed up, and just it's taking control of my life. What do you think the main thing there, you know, like their, I guess, like their... Um their motto or maybe what they instilled in you what what do you think that was uh i mean with rj and dean it was consistency coming to work like treating this like a job coming to work ready to go you're there two days a week four hours at a time like lock in give it your all if you want to be good at professional wrestling they're going to teach you how to be a professional wrestler and then outside of that you have to do all the other extra work um, and just the people that was, that school was attracting, you had people constantly wanting to get better. And it just created this atmosphere of like brother and sisterhood, like, hey, we're all here to compete. We're all here to get better and all here if you're trying to get signed to make it to the fucking top. Uh, just like the toughness. It was crazy for me because I got into wrestling a little older in my life and I never had like a coach scream at me like some people did. And that was a very humbling situation to be in. Uh, but they just want the best for you. And they, they truly do. Like they treat you like you're their kids. They'll bring you in, they critique you, that promo class is set up, watching, doing film study. They truly want everyone to come to that building to succeed. And just like the structure alone, the other places I've trained at, they kind of miss that. They, they have people who are just kind of signing to see what they want to see, like how professional wrestling is, but they're not, in my opinion, like truly trying to succeed at this thing. It's just a different level of people that sign for wrestling. And it's kind of baffling, but MCW like attracts those like college athletes people that are in shape, ready to go and ready to, to bust their ass to be there. It's a commitment once you sign up. This thing becomes your life and people don't understand that. But like, people at MCW are committed to that grind and 
again, it's produced superstars. Absolutely. Yeah. So they definitely have a really good formula, mm-hmm. you know, and if you are going to be a professional wrestler where you can, if something goes wrong, I mean, it is, it is a business that you can get hurt in. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is really something to take serious. You know, it's, it's, it's something that I won't want to dip my toes in unless I was going to jump all in, <laughs> Yeah. you know, I, I recently talked to Rocky Reynolds. He was NWA junior heavyweight champion in the early 2000s. And he was like, look, man, all chips on the table. Mm-hmm. That's how he looked at it, you know. So, you know, you got to take some risks and, but, you know, smart risks, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, again, I got into this a little older in life. So I, w- I was prepared. I knew what the toll was athletically. I've been in shape my whole life. Um, I used to practice at trampoline parks, how to take bumps before I signed up to the school. Financially, I made sure I had a shoe job outside the business because it's going to cost money to be a professional wrestler. You got to pay for gear, training, boots. You got to take care of yourself diet-wise, recovery. If things do hurt, like if you get hurt or something like that, and people just kind of aren't that prepared, in my opinion, and then they sign up. I remember just seeing people at MCW the first day of warm-ups people are blown up and quitting <laughs> like like they're not ready i don't know what they signed up for but you see at least i remember seeing growing up triple h the rock undertaker booker t these dudes that look like larger than life superstars why wouldn't you not sign up for this thing like as prepared as possible it's like showing up to spring training camp for football for six weeks prior to that you better be running sprints in the back ready for this day and people just didn't have that mentality it was baffling to me right yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's like I said, it's a it's a hurt business and it's a serious business. And if you if you want to succeed in it, you really do have to put in the work. Oh, definitely. And be prepared to lose relationships, lose friends. This thing consumes your life. And if they're not supportive, but people, some people in my life weren't, you can get the hell out of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. How did you get to Texas? We talked a little bit about it before we started recording. Things were kind of drying up where you were uh, due to COVID and uh, opportunity, I guess, came your way. Tell us how you got here. Yeah. So uh, during the pandemic, basically the whole world shut down, as we know, and shows weren't really happening on the East Coast. Other than Ring of Honor doing tapings like every four to six weeks, I really wasn't trained that often. You couldn't really go to the school and train uh, just with like safety risks. And then no indie shows were running. So I feel like not that I was getting rusty, but I was kind of complacent, just kind of staying right here. But during that time, I got to go to Texas a few times, do a couple of independent shows down here. Saw that there's pretty loose COVID restrictions down here. My lease is ending at the same time. And I was like, you know what? I was taught by RJ Meyer, Dean Gutridge, and even Joey Mercury. And looking up to these old school legends that used to travel the towns, if you want to become great at this thing, you need to move around. You need to get out of your comfort zone. I've been in a tag team at that point, three or four years, and I never really got to wrestle by myself and experience that. So I figured, why not put myself in this uncomfortable position, throw myself in the ocean and grow? Moved to Texas, only knew like two people down here, started contacting promotions, and then just going to have these singles matches that I haven't had in years other than training. Truly looked at it like, I want to become one of the best. I want to have this legacy behind me. And if I want to become one of the best professional wrestlers and go to the top, I need to go out of the main state that I've been at and go tackle some other straight state until I become great at it. And then after this, move somewhere else. Yeah. And in Texas, there's quite a few places. Oh, yeah. I saw that you were at uh, River City Wrestling. 
Mm-hmm. He puts on some pretty good shows. Oh yeah, RCW. I've done Palais Pro, New Texas Pro. There's play. There's literally shows probably running every single week. And if you want to get that work in, you can wrestle once or twice every single week. Are you mm-hmm. you staying pretty busy every weekend? Uh, I was my first year down here. My goal was to like, I remember seeing Leo Rush's documentary on YouTube and he had a calendar full of dates and he came from my school. And I was like, you know what? I want my calendar to look like this. I wanted to have Friday, Saturday, Sunday dates booked. My first year here, I was wrestling almost every single weekend with doing Ring of Honor dates at that time. Now it's slowed down a little bit since I got the opportunity with AEW. I need to take a little bit better care of my body, but I am still doing like the big shows right now. If anything, I'm just trying to like expand outside of Texas, trying to do some of the bigger promotions. I flew myself up to Seattle recently to wrestle at Defy. Like, I need to just get myself out there and take these chances because then once they can see that I can perform, I can like stay on to the big dudes there and they'll bring me back. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you definitely do have to knock on some doors and get your feet out there, let people see you. We were talking a little bit about traveling and uh, going to different places, and, and that's what you did coming here. That was, do you think it was a pretty good move for you? Probably one of the best things I've ever done. Baltimore is great. Great to start at MCW and like the opportunity for Ring of Honor happening. Signed there for three years. Got to really like perform on pay-per-views. I never thought that was going to be possible, but I know I hit that shelf life there. I was like, I need to take the next step. So since I've moved down here and been wrestling by myself, wrestling big names, wrestling Damo, Weston Blake, I got to wrestle Moose for the Impact World Championship. Got the contract opportunity with AEW, like really putting myself out of this comfort zone and stepping outside this box that I was in has been the best career for me, like career move for me ever, honestly. It's just helped me grow so much as a human being. You know, so a lot of people, you know, dream of being signed to a big company like that, AEW or WWE. You know, you had the opportunity to be with Ring of Honor. And, you know, for someone who's five years in, man, that's, you know, that's great, you know. I'm sure there's pros and cons to everything. What what is AEW like? I mean, what 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 is the company like? How is it run? Is it a fine oil machine? Oh, I think so. Like they they started the company hitting the ground running. Um, and my brief time there so far, it's great atmosphere. It's it was cool to see people that I've met along my travels, even though I've only been doing this for five and a half years. Uh, me and Austin come to Arwich Dojo for a short amount of time together. So to like see him, like, hey man, you like you finally made it. You worked your ass off to get here, and just learning from people. I got to train with William Regal sometimes, and pick his brain. Like you get to talk to all these vets. Jerry Lynn's very cool. Mark Henry. It's just been a great learning experience for me. And if anything, like I know this is where I need to be right now in my career. A lot of opportunity. A lot of the best talent in the world's here. So it's been great so far. Yeah, absolutely. Now a lot of people. You know, you hear when I when I read, uh, you know, read the wires and stuff and read the stories, a lot of people talk about how heavy the roster is. Do you kind of feel that you don't get the reps that you want or you don't get as many matches as you want? Or do you think that uh, opportunity gets passed around pretty good? From what I've seen, I think opportunity gets passed around pretty well. I always remember, like, growing up watching wrestling and thinking about, why isn't there like this off season? How do you not cycle through towns, especially with how tough this business is? Because there's definitely been periods where you see like a bunch of people get injured. And that's because they're performing every single week. They're doing live events or house shows or whatever. And if you're not getting that opportunity, like you said, I can go kick down that door if I want to, or I'm going to try to make noise on independence to make myself undeniable that they, they can't ignore me. 
So yeah, but like I mean, opportunity opportunity comes when it does, and then when it does, then you just gotta kick the door down. Right. Right. Yeah, be on, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have a bad day on that day. Oh, not at all. And in the few opportunities I've had, I know that I stand out. I know that I look like a star. People think that I'm a star because I am one. I look fantastic. I know I look better than the majority of the people on the roster. Like, I'm knocking it out of the park. Yeah, you look great, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really do. You you look like a pro wrestler. Yep, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Have you had the opportunity to uh, meet Max Castellanos here in Texas? I have at a couple of the SWE Fury shows. Wrestled him once in like a six-man tag, so but really, barely got the touch. It was like him, Rodney Mack, and another individual against myself, Moses, and Frank Stone. I know him and Moonshine have had this feud down here in Texas for like two years. I just want to kind of get a part of that. Yeah, I've, I've uh, about a week or two ago, I was watching watching them in a in a match on YouTube. And yeah, they've, uh, you can tell that there's some history. There's oh, some history there. Definitely. They've, they've had a long feud, all kinds of matches. I remember my first SWE show, I think they had like a false count anywhere, something like that, just beating the hell out of each other. You had the opportunity to interview him maybe about a month ago or so, and a uh, very interesting guy, and uh, well, he's a Texas guy too. So, what is it about professional wrestling that you like so much? I mean, what was it that drew you in? Have you been a fan uh, all your life, or how that come about? I haven't been a fan all my life. I did get into wrestling when I was like nine or ten years old. Uh, D Generation X and the Hardy Boys were the first thing that I saw, and I was enamored at that point. And I know back then, even if I knew like the backstage details of what professioning was and entertainment. Um, I think I was just enamored by the storytelling and the characters. Like Jeff Hardy was his favorite. Ray Mysterio was a favorite. I loved the entire mid-card scene growing up. Like I feel like they didn't get the respect that they were like the main workers to me. Fell out of love with it when I was in high school, college, you know, preoccupied with other stuff and trying to figure out like career moves. Got back into it. That's when the Shield debuted. And then CM Punk was at like the tail end of his title run. Again, re enamored like by the storytelling, um, if they can make me feel something, then I'm I'm immediately I'm hooked and drawn in. That's what I care about. If they can make me feel something, and I think the physicality of wrestling too, how we tell our stories, is what's made me a lifelong fan. It's crazy. Like I remember watching like the old My Desire videos with like the Creed My Sacrifice song on, and just goosebumps, just feeling chills about like what this does for people. It's truly life changing. A few years ago, I was watching NXT heavy, right? And um, and then I I wasn't watching it as as often as I was. And then uh, about a month ago, I started doing NXT again. And I was like, so yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I I kind of bounce around to different um, different uh, organizations or di- different uh, promotions. And you know, I I love the independent scene. I love uh, watching the title match network seeing guys uh guys and gals on the rise you know i i love the the cool thing about living in texas is you you can almost go in any direction and you know see some you know see some really good talent really good shows and uh you know a lot of people come in from different places as well and and that's what i like Oh yeah, it's a it's a hotbed for wrestling, honestly. Like everyone wants to come down here. Like you said, Texas produces amazing talent. There's so many people down here that 
I wouldn't say don't get the recognition they deserve, but I just like not discovered discovered yet. And this hard hitting Texas style, like I, I'm I'm a huge fan. Who are some of the wrestlers that you think would fall into that category that you you said that maybe don't get the recognition? Moonshine Mantel? Moonshine for sure. Asterius Q I faced a couple of times and he's amazing. I know Brian Keith has been slowly getting his flowers. He's been a Texas pillar for a while. Um, Ryan Davidson I faced. He's great. Even Max too. Like there's a bunch of people down here with, on the shows that I've wrestled on where I'm like, how are they not up to this next level yet or getting these opportunities? Cause should having the matches with them, I'm like, damn, you're like, you're good. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, I I've seen Miss mysterious Q a few times. The very first time I saw him was here in South Texas and me and the guy that were sitting next to each other just turned to each other and said, you know what? That dude looks like a wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a big yeah he's, he's a big guy. I like the mask. And I've had the opportunity to talk to him, too. He's a very nice guy. And, uh, yeah, I think he has a promising future. But, you know, he's I've seen him wrestle in different places too you know when i i saw him wrestle on a gcw card on a pay-per-view and when i saw him doing stuff like that i thought you know what this is this is exactly what he needs to do you know and and another wrestler who's who's doing that uh a lot a lot of traveling a a lot of wrestling around is blake christian he's he's setting the scene on fire and he he has for a little while now yeah, definitely. And I think people need to, who are just new to the business and understand that, like, this is a grind and you'll grind away eight to 10 years before you really make some noise here. And you just got to be prepared for that, honestly. Like, they're, they're making noise when they can um, and just take every opportunity and guns ablaze. Like, truly, it's it's a grind. Right, right. And so when, you know, when you do go into that, that low period, right, because I've talked to several wrestlers, you know, and <laughs> You know, a lot of them will tell me, well, it's it's not really happening any fast enough, right? I, I definitely had that period. I wasn't booked for like a month and I just finished really reading Moxley's book. And he talked about a period in his career where he wasn't really getting booked. And I'm like, man, this sucks. Like, well, what am I doing that's allowing myself to not be booked? Why aren't people booking me for these shows? Am I doing any put my promos out? Like, is my social media stuff up to date? My branding, like gear wise, what's happening for this lull to happen? But it's like the mental shift when that happens, like, all right, don't get too down on yourself and just keep working. Cause I know a couple of my friends have had that low point where like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this anymore. Cause it, it truly sometimes just sucks. Like you really get down on yourself and you kind of question your self-worth in this business. Cause this business doesn't owe you shit. Um, but it's the people that like forge through that and keep working and slowly like climb, climb so out of that hole. And then you just like are humbled and remember how that felt. And then just keep fucking going. Right. So your your advice is just, hey, even if it doesn't feel like it's moving, you keep on moving. And it it was like nose down to the grind, kept hitting the gym harder, making highlight tapes for myself, reaching out to more promotions, like emailing, cold cold calling these people. I knew something was going to turn around, but it was just like not getting too down on myself and just keep working. Like it's the work that you, that people don't see all the match study, the promos that you're cutting in the mirror in the bathroom that when you do get that opportunity, they're like, Oh, he's, he's been working on something. Right. Right. You know what? And I feel the same way in, in my business as well. You know, recently I made some new commercials for my podcast and stuff to, 
you know, and uh, I thought, yeah, you know what, that, that stuff's getting pretty stale. <laughs> <laughs> you know got to freshen it up a little bit but that's the stuff you got to do right you know you keep on i always always tell myself you know what this is my last book man i'm not going to do any more books and then someone will come along and say hey man i need some help can you help me with my book sure yeah. <laughs> it's like oh i was i was not going to do any more books but my mouth said yes <laughs> Go back. Before we before we wrap this up, we've got a few minutes left. I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, we did touch on AEW a little bit. Uh, what are you doing? What are you doing with the the guys? What's the the storyline you're involved in, and and who are some of the people you're wrestling? Uh, so since I've been there, people know that I made my rise uh, facing Adam Cole, Kazarian, and Andrade. Kind of had a little track record there for the people that I was facing on Dark. Uh, at that time, Tolly Blanchard saw myself and Tolly Leona as like, hey, here are two people that can be my clients um, that I can help set this tag team scene ablaze. At that time, Gresham and Brian Cage hopped aboard. We had this whole TBE thing going forward. And at the Death Before Dishonor, pay-per-view saw that uh, Prince Nana came in with all his money from Ghana and Cameroon, and he bought TBE. So excited to work with him. And Prince Nana DM'd me like two years ago I was like, hey, man, I'm really excited to see what you're doing. And then to meet him in person, I'm like, man, this is this is always meant to be. I'm so excited to work with him. And as you saw at Death Before Dishonor, we beat the shit out of Blake Christian, Alex Zane, and Devin. So I know we're waiting for our right time right now. The Trios tournament is going to finish up in a week or two. Uh, hopefully you'll see us then making a little plan because we got some things in store. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you, too. You've done a lot of tag team wrestling. You're breaking off into singles. What what's the advantage or the disadvantage? You probably I would I would think if I was singles wrestler, I get more more time, right? I get more reps, I get more action. But you know, uh, then then I'm thinking the tag team, I'm taking a little break and and not taking all the wear and tear on my body. How do you see it? Uh, singles, I believe, gives me more opportunities to do things that I haven't done before. Uh, I'm having my first bull rope match in a week against Izzy James. I'm having an I quit match against Weston Blake. I'm getting these opportunities to do stuff that I never got to do before and really cut promos and run my mouth. Uh, the tag team scene, I wouldn't say it's taking a break because to me, when you're on the apron, I'm in my mind, I'm still quarterbacking what's happening in the ring, making sure the guys are following the plan that so we can execute. Uh, I'm locked in at all times, but it is cool to just like, if I can't get the work done at the moment, tag out. Someone could take over. If they can't get it done, tag out, like be a cohesive unit. And if anything, it was cool to be a part of a tag team because I heard that was harder to learn. So being a tag team for about five years, maybe four years before I started wrestling by myself, I got to learn tag team wrestling, the fundamentals from that. And then I started wrestling by myself. I took all these little things that I learned from tag team wrestling and just applied it to myself when I wrestled alone. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just got like a bunch of knowledge here, man. Tag team wrestling, single stuff, worked with William Regal, Tully Blanchard, Joey Mercury, I have all the tools in the making to become one of the biggest stars of all time. So, absolutely, yeah, mm. yeah absolutely, yeah. You're in a really good, really good spot. Oh yeah. Where can fans find you on social media, Con? I can follow me on Twitter at the Con, Instagram at the Period Con. I have a shirt store at What a Maneuver slash the Con. If you want to talk to me in person, I hope you have my merch on. Otherwise, I have no reason to talk to you and acknowledge your existence. Y'all should already know that I'm a Cameroonian prince. So if you think that you're going to 
talk to me without rocking my merch or following me on social media. Just get out of my face. I don't have time for it. But, you know, you can follow me on social media. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Con. Oh, I greatly appreciate it. All right. Well, you're listening to the Russellville Podcast, where wrestling lives. The Pro Wrestling Vault. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Barrett Brown, Ricky Morton, Wardell Walker, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 400 photos from the independent scene. Get your book today by going to Russellville.com. Russellville. It's where wrestling lives.